Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Fantastic. Well, great to see you. Excited to preach tonight. Want to get your Bibles out. We want to turn into Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I was thinking over the last number of years when Christmas comes around and leading into Christmas, I've spoken at different times about the wise man and about the birth of Jesus, about the star. And uh, tonight around our gift giving, uh, it was on my heart and I was reading through Luke chapter 1 to speak about Mary. And uh, I actually, I I was trying to think, have I ever spoken, have I ever studied, have I ever paused in my own devotion just to look at the life of Mary? And I don't think that I have, not in the way that certainly that over this last week or two that I've been reading it, uh, about the life of Mary and what we can learn from Mary tonight. I think there's some great lessons. What we see with Mary, it makes it relatable to ourselves tonight, that whatever you've come in here tonight, and there is a great sense of God's presence. There is a great sense that God wants to meet you and touch you and have an encounter with you. However you've come in this place tonight, that God wants to do something in your life. And we can relate to the story of Mary. We'll get there in a moment, so hold your finger in Luke chapter 1. But I uh, wanted to ask, have you finished your own personal Christmas shopping? No. Some people have. Does anyone want to know what... I've got to be careful here, because I am the guy that some years ago, I stood up on Christmas Day and said, you know, Dave's getting... I shouldn't even point Dave out... But I pointed out to someone that, they, I, that I'd heard that they were getting a remote control helicopter. And I was excited about this. I thought, John's getting a remote control helicopter. And uh, this is Christmas Day and didn't realize that they were opening presents after the service. And I just announced to the whole church that John was getting a remote control helicopter. So I need to be careful here. But here's the most popular Christmas gifts for 2019. If you're still to go do your shopping Here's five of the most popular gifts for this year. Number one is Apple AirPods. Good gift. Expensive gift. That, oh, I don't know, well, Apple AirPods, there you go. Apple AirPods, there's, there's cheap ones. Get them from China. Um, number two, anyone want to have a guess what number two is? I bet you can't guess. What? Well, uh, Capri favorites. Uh, Number two is an air fryer. AirPods, an air fryer. Who wants an air fryer for Christmas? Let's all bow our heads, close our eyes. Air fryer. This one spun me out. This is on all the, you know. Number three comes in as an ancestry DNA kit. Who wants a DNA kit for Christmas as a gift? Here it is here. It's guess who? That was a fluke. Number four. I don't know. DNA. Wow. Number four is shoes. Shoes is a popular gift. And number five, we're very uh, eco-friendly here, is stainless steel drinking straws. There you go. And over the ages, here's the most popular toys, the most popular toys from the 1970s, late 70s. I actually started in 1978, the year of my birth. The most popular toys in the late 70s and the 80s were Star Wars toys, Rubik's Cube. Who's got a Rubik's Cube? Who changed the stickers on it? 
who could complete it? My kids can. They're very talented uh, at being able to solve that. A BMX bike. Come on. That's, that's uh, right in my, my zone. It's a BMX bike. Cabbage Patch Dolls. Care Bears. The Atari Video Computer System. With a cable to the controller. It was later known as the Atari 2600 or 2600. And Transformers, in, we get into the 90s and the early 2000s, we had Power Rangers, Tamagotchis, Pokemon, and Bratz dolls. But the Christian kids weren't allowed the Bratz dolls because they didn't have, they weren't covered up enough. They had attitude. They were bad news. If you had Bratz dolls, you need to repent. It led into the 2000s Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, iPods, iPads. You can see it's gone from BMX bikes to screens and computers. iPods, iPads, and then it comes the full circle re-release of the original Atari and the original Nintendo consoles from the 80s. There you go. They're the most popular toys. I saw this week uh, on social media, there was a hashtag going around called Giving Tuesday. I don't know if anyone else saw it. And Giving Tuesday is an international initiative that follows on from the US or the American uh, Thanksgiving Day that says on this Tuesday, the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving is Giving Tuesday. Hashtag Giving Tuesday. And it's an initiative that was promoting generosity. Let's get, let's be generous. Let's make sure that across the world, can you go volunteer your time? Can you be generous? Can you go serve in a soup kitchen? Can you do something? And people all the world over are responding to Giving Tuesday and hashtagging it and photo, uh, you know, posting their photos and the whole thing. And I just, I thought this was fantastic. I saw this and I began to look at some of the photos. This is, this is really wonderful. And then it just dropped into my heart. You know, thank God for Giving Tuesday. But I'm part of an initiative and you're part of an initiative that doesn't need one day in the calendar. Not one day. It's every day. It's Giving Sunday and Giving Monday and Giving Tuesday and Helping Hand Saturday. And it's, we're part of the church. It's the best kept secret the world over of the generosity and the heart of compassion that extends from the church. Jesus has done so much for us. What can we give back? Hashtag giving every day. Giving every day. Thank God for the generosity of the church. So I want to look at Mary around Gift Giving Sunday, leading into Helping Hands Sunday, Saturday, leading into all that's going to happen over these next few weeks. And Luke chapter 1 and verse 26 uh, through to verse 36 from the Passion Translation. I've been reading different bits from the Passion this year, and it's just a really remarkable. I think uh, it was at Mark Edwards came, one of our guest preachers, said it's the Trendy Pastors Translation. The, uh, anyway, I've enjoyed it. And it reads like this. It reads like this. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Now Gabriel appeared to her and said, Grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and you are anointed with great favour. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what, they, uh, what this may mean for her. 
But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you, and he has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy. There's a surprise. Mary's just had this angel appear in her room and say, You have been chosen. You are greatly favored. Fear not, Mary. We've got this great surprise, a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy and you are to name him Jesus. And have a listen to what it says about the man or the child that would grow to be a man that Jesus would be. He will be supreme. He will be known as the son of the highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king on his ancestor David's throne. He will reign as king of Israel forever and his reign will have no limit. Verse 34, Mary said, but how could this happen? I am still a virgin. And Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you and almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your aged aunt, your elderly aunt Elizabeth, she has also become pregnant with a son, the barren one. She had a name, the barren one, is now in her sixth month. Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible for God. There's a word for you tonight. Nothing is impossible for God. Not one promise from God is empty of power. In verse 38, Mary responded saying, this is amazing. I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. I guess as we have a look at not just this passage, but what follows on, I'm sort of looking at it in three parts. If that's part one, the visitation of the angel to Mary, there's two parts that follow on. But I just want to touch on this first part for a moment. See, the angel comes and arrives in Mary's life and in her world and says, Fear not, Mary. You are, you are highly favoured. I don't know if you've ever had an angelic visit. I don't know if you've ever woken up one morning, there's an angel sitting in your room. But we can see through the scriptures and the different stories and the different encounters where an angel of the Lord would appear, often the first words that would come out of their mouth is fear not. And I've come to realise that, that those two words, fear not, are so important to all of us even today. I've not had an angel visit me, not that I know of. But I know that when God's spoken to me and I know that when I've walked in obedience and I know that when he's called me out into new opportunities and new initiatives, there's been an element and there's been certainly more than just an element, there's been this reality that it's frightening. I can think of times where Ailey and I have been in our car. I remember very clearly driving down the highway. We lived over in the western suburbs and we were, we'd resigned our church jobs that we were part of at the time because we just felt in our heart God was leading us to plant a church. And we didn't know where, but we had a promise from God that in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Be strong and courageous, and don't be frightened. Fear not. Be strong and full of courage. The Lord your God is with you wherever you will go. And there were different things that were coming together that were leading us to a particular location. And I remember driving down the road with Ailey, and we're talking about this and preparing for what we were about to enter into a number of years ago just frightened at the reality of we're stepping into the unknown. We're stepping into, and I want to encourage you tonight, as we close out one year, as we come to the end of 2019, and enjoy your break, enjoy the summer holidays, enjoy Christmas, enjoy some rest. 
but also take a moment just to afresh listen to the heart of God. Come into God's Word and begin to read it and start afresh in some passages and allow God to speak to you because I know God's stirring. He's not wanting us to stay where we've been. He's not wanting us to remain in the same place. He's always calling us on into new things. He's always calling us forward. And whatever it might be for you, maybe over the summer break, God's going to speak to you and say, hey, why don't you begin in 2020 to serve in the Faith Kids Ministry? Pastor Barry says, Amen. And you think, but what can I do? I I don't even like kids. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe God's calling you to serve in a particular way. Maybe God's calling you into a new initiative. Maybe God's calling you to branch out. Maybe God's calling you around the, your, your legacy pledge offering to, to go, hey, what, what, what have you already pledged? Why? Stretch it and increase it and believe God for more. Maybe God will begin to speak to you. And the, the message here is fear not, for the Lord is with you. Maybe it's that you're booking stadiums so that young people can come and have an encounter with God and meet Jesus and invite Him into, his, into, into their hearts and their lives. That was me when I was a young boy giving my heart to Jesus at a Youth Alive event. And, and, and let me be the angel of the Lord to you tonight, all hundred and something kilos of me. Dave and Aylan, fear not. In 2020, fear not. Stretch out and believe God. And so the angel appears in Mary's life. He says, fear not, I have a great gift for you. I want us to hear this tonight, that we each carry a great gift. And not just that we carry a great gift, but you are a great gift. The Bible says that he puts gifts into our lives. Read through Corinthians and Romans and Ephesians, and you'll see that there are gifts of God's grace that are given to each one of us so that we can be a blessing. It's not so that we can pump ourselves up and think that we're special. It's so that we can contribute and so that we can serve and so that we can be a blessing one to each other. But fear not, fear not in the stretch and in the, you know, in the stepping into the unknown, in the stepping into the places where it's uncomfortable and a little frightening, fear not, fear not. And so Mary has this angelic visitation. And what follows after that is that she takes a journey to visit Elizabeth. It follows on in the scriptures there. So she's pregnant and she, off she goes on her journey. She's not like crossing through the neighborhood to, you know, three houses down from her house. Commentators say that this journey was something over 100 kilometers. This is more Bear, Bear Grylls adventure than it is Uber ride across the suburbs. She's pregnant, off she's gone, hundred something kilometers across the countryside, over the hills and through the mountainous region so that she can get to Elizabeth's house. And it says there that she arrives at Elizabeth's house and Elizabeth who is pregnant, the barren one, the barren one, it says that the baby that is within her, John the Baptist, starts to do cartwheels on the inside. I don't know, ladies who've had a pregnancy and carried a baby, you know when that thing starts turning and moving and kicking and I'm a, I'm a dad to three, and I, you know, I remember sitting there and watching as it, you know, those, <laughs> they moved. Well, John the Baptist was having like a, he was having a part, he was having a Holy Ghost party. And it says that Elizabeth herself was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she begins to prophesy over Mary. So we've got Mary has this angelic visitation. Fear not, Mary, you are greatly favoured. You're about to be surprised with a great gift. You are to carry in your womb 
the saviour of the world. She goes on her journey. She gets to Elizabeth's house and Elizabeth, the baby, starts to jump within her and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, begins to prophesy over Mary and says these words, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. I have to acknowledge, I have to pause and acknowledge just how amazing this whole interaction is. See, in the Bible here, we've got to the end of the Old Testament and the prophets. All that has stopped and there's been 400 years of silence. And God's people are wondering and waiting and where is God? Have you ever cried out and wondered, God, where are you in my situation? God, where are you in this circumstance? They were asking, where are Where is God? Where's the prophets that were speaking for God once upon a time? Who speaks for God now? Where was God? It's a great question. And in just one of many examples of God's countercultural, revolutionary, upside down and back to front kingdom culture, do you know where God was? He was with two women. He was with two women, one known as the barren one, and one was an unwed, pregnant virgin named Mary, teenager. That's where God was. He wasn't with the religious leaders. He was with these two women and the Holy Spirit was there and John the Baptist leaping for joy in the womb. Absolutely amazing. Where was God? He's with these two precious women that we can learn so much from. So we've got Mary having this great visitation from God. She goes on her journey. She uh, arrives at Elizabeth's house and they have this time together. Blessed are you amongst women. Blessed are you, the fruit of your womb. And part three is what I want to get to tonight and highlight. Just felt so strongly about this. See, Mary responds with a great song of praise. She responds with a great speech. You know, actually, this is the longest recorded passage, I believe, uh, read a few things that, that said that it's the longest recorded passage from a woman in the New Testament. And it's absolutely amazing. Mary responds with this great song of praise, this great declaration. In Luke, 1, Luke chapter 1 and verse 46 to 56, Mary responded and said, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. What a, what, a, what a declaration that is to even start with. Here's Mary who carries in her womb the Saviour of the world, who acknowledges herself, I am in need of a Saviour. My soul magnifies the Lord. Everything that's within me will lift up and praise the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. In verse 48, for he took notice of this lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. You know what I began to see when I was reading this, and I read it again, and I read it again, and I read it again? She's not just this unwed young teenage girl, she's a girl who knows the word. She is someone who is deep in the scriptures, she knows the word. See, it's no uh, direct quote from the Old Testament, but so much of what she declares and what she sings and what she praises in this speech is like there's a parallel to Hannah in the Old Testament and Hannah praises God for bringing Samuel into her life. I can see Psalms in here. I can see the Abrahamic blessing that was passed down. From now on, all generations will call me blessed is what she says. There's a young lady who knows the Word of God. 
He's my, uh, verse 49, for the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. He shows mercy to all those who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and he has sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Verse 56, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then went back to her went back to her own home. It's a remarkable speech. I was sort of thinking about this. It's a bit silly, but there was a, a US late-night TV program, which is finished now, but they used to have this um, uh, segment called Great Moments in Presidential Speeches. Anyone? Some, yeah, all right. We, we won't. But it would start off with this little montage of, of, J, uh, of John F. Kennedy. Uh, was it JFK, I think? You know, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. We choose to go to the moon, not because we can, but because, uh, whatever it was. <laughs> and then it would cut to a president standing up there going, <clears throat> and wiping their nose and getting all tripped up and stumbling through. And it was actually quite funny. And, uh, highly disrespectful, so that's what, yeah, anyway. <laughs> the reason I say that is because this is a great moment, a great moment in biblical speeches, in hymns, in proclaiming Jesus. And there's two parts to it that I want to focus on tonight, and, uh, and then we'll finish, and we'll praise, and we'll worship, and we'll have the gift giving. But I want to start by looking at the second part of this prayer. The first part, which we'll get to, it focuses on the goodness of God. It focuses on uh, praising God. But the second part, Mary really swings and takes a shift in, uh, in her, uh, the way that she's speaking, the way that she's praying here. In verse 51, it says, His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones, and he exalts the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. Isn't that a, like a, a backhander? He has sent the rich away with empty hands and he has spread and scattered those that are proud. And I was reading about this and I was really fascinated to dive into this and see that the essence of Mary's hymn is so powerful that in the last century there were countries who banned it from being spoken in public. Such was the fear that they had of what it declared over the rich and the powerful and what it revealed about God's heart for the needy and for the poor. They banned it from being spoken in public. It's incredible. So when reading this, we have to remember who Mary was. She wasn't from the elite. She wasn't a leader or a decision maker. She was a humble young lady from Nazareth, engaged to be married, carrying a gift. A gift that she knew was about to change the world. A gift that she knew and she was getting this great understanding that it was not just for one section of society, but it was for all of society. And particularly, she focuses on the poor and the downcast and the lowly, and those that have been swept to the side. I remember a number of years ago, uh, my friend Ian and I were the only pastors in the church office, not here, it was a previous church I worked at. And uh, on this one particular afternoon, a, a man came in and he was carrying a little 18-month-old baby. 
Just Ian and I were the only ones there and Ian ran our community care arm and, and uh, got chatting to this, uh, this young dad. And it turns out the dad was a bit distressed and a bit agitated and he asked for some help. And so Ian was helping him to connect onto the phone with Centrelink and do some different things. And I'm holding the baby. And after a little while, there was, Ian was working with the guy. And after a little while, the guy said, I've got to go outside for a smoke. I looked at Ian and I said, he's going he, he, to do a runner. And he did. He went outside. I'm holding the baby. And the guy went outside for a cigarette and he was gone. We didn't see him again. We quickly rang the police and the police arrived and we got talking to the police and turns out there'd been a domestic dispute. He'd fought with his partner and he had taken the baby as some you know, form of punishment. It didn't harm the baby. There was no, nothing like that. But certainly it was a, a very hostile situation. The police were well aware of it. And they obviously, we've got the baby and DHS come along. But I remember chatting with the police in that afternoon and asking them, what is it that keeps you guys busy? Is it the speeding fines and the cameras out on the freeway? And they said, no, it's domestic. It's domestic violence. It's domestic situations. It's the hurt and the suffering and the brokenness that is so widespread in our society. And I began to think about this. I began to think about what Mary's saying here. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He's scattered the proud, but he's exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. And as I was preparing this, I began to think about these gifts. And we're going to have a great time. And it's fantastic. It was so, such a blessing here this morning. And I know in the campuses, as people respond and bring their gifts. But can I encourage you tonight, as you step forward to bring your gift, do it with a prayerful heart that says, Lord, let this end up in the hands of a family that so desperately need this. See, it's a message that, while strong in its wording, it's a message that says, this gift that I carry brings dignity to the undignified. It, this gift that I carry brings hope to those that are lacking hope and have lost hope. This gift that I carry brings love and gives love and is love to the unlovable. This gift that I carry is mercy to those who have all only heard shame on you. Shame on you. What have you done? You're broken and you're outcast and society has pushed them to the side and we keep moving on. And Mary declares these strong words. See, just beyond the walls of our church are those same situations. I've had them visit in the office, as I know many of our pastors have. People have just come in. They said, I've, I just need someone to pray for me. And I know I've had my moments, as the other pastors have as well, to sit with someone and there's mental health or there's anger or there's a situation, there's a story in their background. They say, will you please pray with me? I'm desperate. I don't know where else to turn, like that father. I know that there was a situation and a story, but he came to the church. Here we are holding the baby whilst he took off. There's brokenness all through our society. And the Bible says here, Mary declares, she says, he exalts the humble and he fills the hungry with good things. This great gift of Jesus is for everyone. When society overlooks people, casts them to the side, that's where Jesus is. When people hear those words, shame on you, that's where Jesus is. Removing shame and wiping the slate clean, giving a brand new start. When there's a single parent that's struggling or there's a survivor of abuse just getting through, that's where Jesus is. That's the essence of what Mary's saying. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, if I pronounce that even correctly, I'm not even sure. He preached a message in 1933. A German pastor and theologian, certainly not as good as our German pastor. 
not as gifted. Uh, <laughs> but he said this about Mary's prayer, Mary's hymn. He says, this song of Mary's is the oldest Advent hymn. It's the most passionate. It is the most wildest. It, one might almost say it's the most revolutionary hymn ever sung. It's not the gentle, sweet, dream, a dreamy Mary that we so often see portrayed in pictures, but it's passionate, powerful, proud, enthusiastic Mary who speaks here. None of the sweet, sugary, childish tones that we find so often in our Christmas hymns, but it is a hard, strong, uncompromising song of bringing down rulers from their thrones and humbling the lords of this world. People, what's that saying? It's saying that when people elevate something else as their God, God will humble them and bring them down. When we elevate our wealth or our prestige or our success above our need for God, we all have a need for God as our own saviour, a hymn of God's power and the powerlessness of men. These are the tones that Mary is sharing of the prophetic women of the Old Testament, Deborah, Judith, Miriam, that are coming alive in the mouth of Mary. His mighty arm has done tremendous things, is what she said. He has exalted the humble he has filled the hungry with good things. If I can have the worship team come. Because that's the second part. It's a focus on the poor. It's a focus on the humbling. It's a focus on exalting and lifting up those that maybe society has pushed aside. It speaks so much to what this is about for us in our own society. We'll pray in a moment, really pray. I want us all to pray for what takes place next weekend as we gather around for Helping Hand and we open the shed out the back and have our Christmas spectacular. But the first part of this message that Mary uh, shares really speaks to what I, felt, what, I, what I think this year has been about for us, a year of the soul, a year of a healthy soul, a year where I know for myself, I can only speak for myself, but I believe it's for all of us as well. There's been a, 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 a shift and something fresh in our worship, a shift and something new in our prayer life, a shift and a growth and a development in uh, what God's doing in our devotion, in our priorities, in our connection to one another and to Him, in our personal growth. And Mary's first response, she's had the angelic visit, she's journeyed across and visited Elizabeth and they've had this great moment. I think they would have eaten chocolate. Pregnant women, they have their cravings. Would have been deep fried chocolate with lemonade or something, you know. She has this great time of celebration with Elizabeth. And then she responds and she says these words. She says, my soul will magnify the Lord. It might magnify the challenge I've just come through or still am walking through. I'm not putting the magnifying glass to make it bigger and more significant in my life than it actually is. My soul will magnify the Lord and my spirit will rejoice in God, my Saviour. She's not magnifying, drawing attention to the reality. She's a pregnant teenager who's not married and all that that would speak to in society of the day. She's magnifying God. And she's lifting high His name and lifting Him up. That's why I read to you this, morning, uh, this evening from the Passion Translation because it says these words that she was to carry and that she was chosen to carry a wonderful gift. That gift being Jesus. You know, each one of us here tonight, we carry a gift. We carry His anointing. We carry His blessing. We carry the seed of His Word planted in our hearts that is bearing fruit as Pastor Aylan was sharing already before. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Always carrying in our body, in verse 10 it says, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. We carry a great gift, the good news of Jesus Christ. And if I can encourage you tonight that as we gather and we're about to sing some carols and worship God, bring our gifts, can we do so with a heart that says, my soul, everything that's within me. I don't know what your year's been like, It might have been good. It might have been an amazing year. It might have been a difficult year and a challenging year. But tonight and over these weeks as we celebrate Christmas, can your pray, can your praise and the declaration on your lips be, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. Be filled with a new sense of joy tonight. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, Check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.